And 7.05 on this Wednesday evening. And uh, as always, your phone calls coming through for the next hour. You have questions about severance. Maybe you got a package in front of you, just general employment questions. What, a week for every year? Should I call these people? No, no. Don't do anything until you call this show. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Lior here for the entire hour and his number directly, by the way, outside uh, show hours as well. 416-216-5900. We'll try to... uh, machete our way through some emails and that is simply lior at employmenthour.com it's uh, 705 we always start with the week that was how was the week that oh, that was well first of all cold it yeah. was cold gonna get colder now. son yes i know so you know it's, it's a cold day cold night outside you should be inside uh, hopefully warm and you want to know anything about your legal rights your employment law rights workplace any issues give us a call right here right now we're here to answer all your questions uh, this is the time. Now, I want to start off with talking about a couple of situations that I saw in, in the previous uh, week, uh, things that some of our listeners may be faced with, so I think there's uh, very important lessons there. The first situation involved a gentleman that had worked for a, a, a company as a salesperson for about 10 years. Now, his manager, the, uh, the VP of sales, had left the company uh, a, a, year, a year ago and went to work for a competitor. And over that year, he's been trying to convince this gentleman, my client, to leave as well and join him at the new company. So he's been contacting him, sending him emails, you know, saying, you know, it's a really good place. We can really use a guy like you here. You know, you're going to be such an asset to the team. This is a growing company. So, you know, slowly, slowly, he's kind of chipping away at the guy. Finally, after a few months, uh, the guy says, okay, fine, I'll, I'll join the company. Now, they, they engage in brief negotiation. The company pays them more money than what he was making before. Mm-hmm. They even hire him without any probationary term. Uh, they, they just bring him on. Finally, they were happy to get their guy. Uh, so fast forward a year later, what do you think happens? He got canned. Yeah, he gets let go. Uh, he gets let go, not because of anything wrong that he did. I think they just found that the business wasn't doing well with the uh, uh, with the Canadian uh, dollar not doing well. They had to uh, cut costs, and because he was the newest guy there, they let him go. And they said, okay, you've been working with us for a year. We're going to give you a couple of months' pay, and off you go. So he's very upset because he left a secure job for 10 years, and, and he's calling me quite upset and, and you know very nervous about what this means to his future. And, and here's what I told him. I said, this is a very interesting situation because you were, because you were recruited away from a secure job. You weren't out there looking for work, uh, fishing or, or sending your resumes and, and fishing for work. They actually have to consider your past service. This is what we call inducement, recruitment. When you're induced to leave a secure job only to then be let go shortly after, you have to get severance as if the previous service counts. So in this case, he really wasn't a one-year employee. He was an 11-year employee. So he's actually owed 12 months severance, even though he only worked for the company for one year. Wow. The fact that uh, they recruited him away, and this is so, so, so clear. Uh, there's emails to that effect, them trying to convince him and then, you know, offering him a lot of money, really working hard to get him to come on board. So uh, so I'm working with him right now to get him his 12 months, and I honestly think that should be fairly easy to do. But a lot of our listeners, I, I know, have been in that situation where they left a secure job, uh, you know, with the best of intentions. Things didn't work out, and, and maybe they've lost their job. And then what happens? Well, if you leave a secure job and are let go with a new employer, you may have a right to have your full service with the previous employer credited to you so that your severance is going to be calculated on that basis. And that can make a huge difference. 
Uh, and that's what happened in this case. So very important to understand that and if you do leave a secure job, uh, John, to join another company, be very careful with the employment agreement that you sign. You don't want to leave a secure job to sign an agreement that says you're on probation, for, exa- for example. You know, why leave a secure job just to be on probation with right. another company? So be very important, be very careful. It's very important to uh, watch out for these things. And your uh, severance actually may be much more than you realize. What's your time limit, though? You said, you know, if he'd left his new job for, for a quote-unquote short time, now it was a year. When, when, when would it just be like, okay, you've been with a new company too long, now the 10 years doesn't count? About three, four years. That so long? That long, yeah. Yeah, that long. Wow. And certainly the longer you work with the previous company, you know, the more it, it would take. So three, four years usually would, would be hmm. beyond that. It's like, okay, enough is enough. You've worked here long enough. We're not going to account for your previous uh, service. This is a simple situation, simply a year. Uh, he worked with a new company. Part two of that question before we move on. If his old company said, yeah, you know, we'll take you back, and he has all the severance coming to him, say it's paid over time, does he still get his full severance? Depends on the agreement. And right. If we agree to severance on the basis that if you find another job, you get cut off, then you get cut off. In most cases, we negotiate severance without any conditions, payable right away. Uh, so and that's going to be my goal here, to get him this payment. So if he does find another job with the old company or with any company, he still gets to keep his severance. Nice. Next. Next situation, uh, you know, very briefly, again, one of those things that makes me shake my head because companies should know better. Uh, a large company was closing a, a very small office of theirs, uh, you know, again, for economical reasons. This, this happened a few months ago. And uh, they, uh, they let go everyone in that office because they were closing the office. Mm-hmm. The person that called me, my client, happened to be on a disability leave at the time. In fact, she had been on a disability leave for about a year uh, as a result of a serious car accident that she got into. And she was let go together with everyone else, except her employer said, well, you're off work and you're not expected to be working again anytime soon, so we don't have to pay you severance because it's not like you're going to be earning income and it's not like you, if we hadn't let you go, right. we'd be paying you salary, so we don't have to pay you severance. And uh, we actually resolved this matter this week and we got her about 15 months pay. No kidding. Uh, and simply because, yes, even if you are on a disability, a disability leave and you can't work when you are let go, you are still owed severance. Your employer has to treat you as if you were working. So for any employee that's on a disability leave, uh, if you're let go, you get your full severance, even if you can't come back to work. So very important to understand. And for her, that meant 15 months pay. Literally on Monday this week, we resolved it. She's very happy, and and I'm glad it's resolved. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale is the number to call. We'll take a quick break. You want to get a hold of Lior uh, on his cell phone as well anytime, 416-216-5900. The Employment Hour just getting warmed up here. On Talk Radio AM 640. Yep, 870-6400, star 640. Lior, L-I-O-R, at com is the email to get to a few of those uh, throughout the evening here. First, as always, the uh, the phone calls. We have, uh, hello, hi, 640, who's this? Hi. Hi, how are you? Good, good. Um, yeah, I was listening. I always listen to your show, fantastic show. Thank you. But I was listening, and uh, the situation that he first described applies to me right now. Um. Basically, this company, I'm presently working, I've been working for four or five years with this company, and a new company has been verbally talking to me over the past three months. I finally agreed, and now they've sent me documents to sign, and, and in those documents, it says that I, they want me to sign a release for them for any uh, obligation to me for prior seniority to any other company. Uh, there you yeah. go. Yeah, so they, they, they must have heard my show in the past as well. So. Yeah, right. Yeah, go ahead. Unless you, unless you wrote that for them. No, I didn't. I didn't. But it sounds like <laughs> something I'd write. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. 
So I'm wondering now if I sign this document and they let me go three months from the start date, uh, I guess basically that's mm -hmm. my problem. Well, yeah, and, and certainly that's your problem. But here's something else that I bet you that agreement says without even seeing it. There's probably in there that limits your future severance if they want to let you go. Probably something that says that if we let you go without cause, we're only going to give you what you're owed under the, under the Employment Standards Act. The, the exactly, net, exactly what it says. Do I know my stuff or what? So the problem with you're that... Brilliant. You're almost you're like a lawyer. <laughs> That's right, almost. So the, the problem with that, in, in all seriousness, is that the, the, the effect of that is they can let you go at any time and pay you almost nothing. And that's a huge problem because you're now leaving a secure job that you've had for several years. Yeah. Now, it, it depends. It comes down to how badly you want this job. If it's a much better opportunity and, and you, you have full faith in these people, well, I'll leave it to you. From a legal standpoint, you now are not protected at all. You don't have any, uh, any security and, and you're giving up that past seniority. If they want you badly enough, and again, I don't know how badly they do, but if they do, there's an opportunity here to negotiate with them and say, you know, I am leaving the secure job, so I don't want to agree to these terms. Uh, at the very least, at the very, very least, you should eliminate that provision that I just mentioned that talks about payment uh, under the Employment Standards Act. Yeah. Uh, you should try to get that removed. Uh, it really comes down to how badly you want your job, but I'm glad you called because you potentially would be giving up a lot of your rights if you accept this. Now, because they're after him, how much uh, how much leeway do you think he would be given? Like, would they would they be willing to negotiate some of those points? Because they're coming after him, right? Yeah, and, and exactly. And if he's their guy and he, they know he fits in best and he has the right experience, et cetera, et cetera, uh, then they may actually be want to negotiate with him and uh, want to help him out. Uh, it really depends how badly they want them. That's all about uh, it's all about leverage at the end of the day. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell and anytime you want to email us, Lior L I O R at employmenthour dot com. Going to talk about something we uh, we got started in last week on the show uh, on Wednesday it was everything employers and employees ever wanted to know about termination for cause. Uh, what does an employer have to, to show to prove cause? Well, you know, for those that, that haven't uh, been able to, to hear us before, a termination for cause is a situation where the employer lets someone go without severance. And that can only happen if the employer or the employee is guilty of very serious misconduct where it's repeated. In other words, it's the worst punishment that the employer can give for the worst conduct. Uh, very rare and very difficult that most employers try to terminate for cause way before they should. Now, to, uh, to prove cause, the employer, number one, would have to show that the employee engaged in that misconduct, so they have to prove that the employee did it. And beyond that, the employer has to show not only that they did it, that it was bad, that it's impossible to continue employing them, and that, there, that the employer tried other forms of discipline in the right. past. That there's other, you know, this is not the first time. He did, he did something six months ago, and we, we give him a warning, and maybe he did it again, and we suspended him, and clearly he's not getting it. It's very, very difficult, almost impossible, to let someone go for cause because of one incident, unless it's theft or violence. So really the employer has to show that past history uh, in order to be able to establish cause. Very difficult to do. Let's talk about past history for a moment. So you got a guy who's a uh, three-year employee, and a guy who's a 23-year employee, uh, similar job, done the similar thing to trying to get let go for cause. Does the guy with 23 years, does that, does that background, that experience have anything to do with uh, letting him go? Yeah, and, and as I said, it's very, very difficult always to terminate employment for cause. As difficult as it is, it's that much more difficult to terminate for cause a long-service employee. 
because a long service employee clearly has reached that milestone. They've been able to work for a long time because they know what they're doing. Clearly, they've demonstrated that they're good employees. So to show that all of a sudden they become so bad, so awful Mm -hmm. that you have to let them go for cause, you really have to, if you're the employer, show something very, very serious. So yes, the longer you work, the more difficult it is to terminate your employment for cause. Take a quick break. Get uh, uh, Jerry and Alan. Hang on the line, guys. We'll get to you here in just a moment. Uh, For everyone else, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Lots of phone calls and more information coming up on the Employment Hour. Talk Radio AM 640. Here's 724 Wednesday evening, taking your phone calls here in the Employment Hour. Got questions, whatever they are. You haven't been stumped yet. I just realized that we haven't stumped you yet. We're good working luck with on that, it. yeah. Working on it. Maybe uh, Jerry will be the guy. Jerry in the QEW, good evening. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good, pal. What's your question? So my question is, um, I want I want to know, is there any way to break relations with the union? If I have a job and we're represented by a union, but honestly, I'm sick and tired of the garbage, and I want to not be associated with them. I don't want to pay union dues anymore. I'd rather have my own lawyer represent me. Is there any way to break relations with the union? The only way, Jerry, is to file an application with the Labor Board to decertify the union. Now, that has to be done collectively by the employees, and you have, need to have a majority voting to decertify. There's only specific time that you can do that. Usually it's in the last uh, few months in, in, in the life of the collective agreement. But uh, otherwise, you can't say, uh, you know, otherwise, if you're unionized, you can't say, I don't want to be part of the union or the union is not helping me. It has to be, as long as you're unionized, it always, always, always has to be the union representing you. There's really no ifs or buts or exceptions here. Employees can file an application to decertify, uh, but you can't simply decide that I, I like Lior better, so Lior's going to represent me instead of the union. Yeah, one guy can't pop out on his own, right? No, it doesn't yeah. work that way. If you're unionized, you're unionized. Got to Alan in Toronto. Good evening, Alan. Hi, how are you doing? Good. What's happening? Great. Thank you. I work for a food, large food service company in Toronto. I'm, uh, for the last 15 years, um, I was a manager in the hospital. Uh, and uh, not for the hospital, but uh, the hospital decided that they want to go to a different direction. So they brought in another food service company to take over. Um, now I would like to know who's responsible for my severance. Call the company. The company said um, the hospital is responsible. I spoke with the hospital. They said they're not responsible after consultation with their lawyers. They're not responsible. Now I called back my, the, my original company, and they said the new food service company they are responsible for my pension my severance on the bill seven so uh, help me understand a couple of things i I take it that you're not gonna be continuing to work with a new provider no no i got no 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 they did not have an offered i mean they they gave me the the letter uh since june Uh, my last day was september the 30th of september of last year and uh, absolutely no resolution in terms of severances yet. Okay. So the answer to your question is the company, your actual employer uh, that you worked at, the food service provider, uh, is the one responsible for your severance, uh, Uh not not the hospital or the new company. In some situations, it could be the new company. Usually that's uh, 
when uh, you, you're in a, in a cleaning business and, and the new cleaning company takes over, let's say, at the building, that doesn't apply in this situation. So uh -huh. it's the your current uh, company, the company that uh, you used to work for that's on the hook. And uh -huh. how long have you worked there? You said 15 years? 15 years, yes. Uh, and you were a manager there. And how old are you, Alan? Manager, what happened is, you know, like, you know, different, uh, they, they have uh, different uh, kiosks in, in, the, in different hospitals. Sure. So I worked at, you know, for the same company, but different hospitals. This hospital, one uh, for three years, then, you know, last one was... Uh, in Markham, you know, then, you know what I mean, uh, around, but always with the same uh, employer. And, and now, Alan, how, how old are you? 57. So, we'll be 58, 58 in September. So someone in your situation gets about 18 months pay, 18 months severance. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and this is straight... Where does Bill 7 come into this, please? What's that? Where does Bill 7 come into this? That wouldn't apply in your situation. It, 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 it applies in some situation, not yours. Uh, so because of that, your current company has to pay you severance. And if they're not paying you, and then or if they're paying you, but they're not paying you 18 months, that's they're a wrong. Anything. They're not zero. That's a wrongful dismissal. You need to give me a call, Alan. This is very straightforward to resolve. Usually, a letter from me can just get this done right away. So let, right. let let's talk off air. Your current company owes you about 18 months pay. A lot, eh? Oh, it's yeah. Good phone call. 18 months pay. Yeah, they gave him zero. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah. It's a that lot. number, 416 216 5900. Alan, uh, write that number down 416 216 5900 and call or text Leor as soon as you uh, can. So, we're talking about uh, letting go for cause. So, how many you know, quote unquote chances do uh, should an employer really give an employee before, you know, as you say, pulling the trigger? Yeah. So, we talked about the fact that to terminate for cause, usually the employer has to show that they engaged in prior discipline. Now, it, there's no hard and fast rule in terms of how much discipline or how many disciplinary measures had to be taken before you can terminate for cause. Uh, it depends on how severe the conduct is, how long the person has worked there. Usually, I would say before you can terminate for, ca for cause, you probably want about three. Three mm -hmm. types of discipline, warning, suspensions, whatever it is, before you're, you're uh, in, in a real position to consider cause. In some situations, three is not uh, going to be enough. In other situations, uh, three is actually too much. So, uh, but the, the thing to remember, of course, is this, it's not as simple as saying you did something wrong, You're you done. get terminated for cause. You may have done something wrong and maybe you should be disciplined for that, you know, warned, suspended, but that's not the question. The question is, do you have to get, or does the employer have to give you the worst punishment possible, which is a termination for cause? And there's no such thing as almost cause. Either you have cause or you don't have cause. And if there's no cause 100%, there's no cause at all, hmm. which means you have to get paid your full severance. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sales, the number to call. Call that number. We'll take your calls after a short break. You want to email as well, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com, AM640. You can reach Lior anytime as well on his own number, 416-216-5900, and Lior at employmenthour.com. Your phone calls are always priority. Uh, Callie, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. You got a question for Leo? Go ahead. Yes, I do. Um, so I uh, I work for a retail company, uh, a large one, and I've been I've just been hearing things. I'm just curious if it's actually true or not. So, uh, say for example, there is a manager that's been with the company for say 20 years. Um, instead of terminating their employment and paying them out to save money, is it? I've heard that they will let they will give them notice to let them go, say, like nine, ten months, your job will no longer be available, and they don't have to pay them out. Is that, does that happen? 
Uh, yes, the, an employer can provide notice instead of severance. So the amount that they have to pay is the same. It's a question of whether they're going to pay it for the employee to sit at home or they're going to pay it for the employee to come to work. So if you're otherwise owed, let's say, 12 months severance as an example, the employer can say, we're going to give you 12 months notice. We're going to tell you today that 12 months from now you no longer have a job. That said, you said you work for a large company? Yeah. So some portion uh, has to be paid out. So for every employee that has worked uh, for more than five years, the company has to pay out by way of severance at least a week per year of service. So let me give you an example. So let's say you have uh, someone that's worked for 10 years. So uh, And let's say if they have to get uh, 12 months notice. They get 12 months notice, but they, the employer has to still pay them by way of severance at least 10 weeks pay. So okay. it's a complicated thing, but the bottom line is the answer to your question is yes, an employer is allowed to give advance notice instead of paying severance. That's crazy because then you then you risk the fact that the, the person you're letting go essentially mm-hmm. is going to screw up whatever, yeah. right? And they're not going to have a good, you know, a positive anything, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I just, I, that's crazy. Which is why, <laughs> Kelly, which is why most employers don't like to do that, which is why you're not going to see often employers giving someone 10 or 12 months notice because exactly what you said, they're going to be worried about, are they going to be a good influence? Are they going to work hard or slack off? So right. it's not often that we see that, but can they do that legally? Yeah, they can. We'll get to uh, John now. Now, so good evening, John. How are you? Uh, I'm good, John, and uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I have a different question for Leo. Is uh, about WSID. Okay. Uh, they have turned me down. Uh, what I, what happened is I had a pre-existing pre-existing injury, and I re-injured it at work. And now, because of that, uh, WSID says that my uh, they cannot accept my claim because of this pre-existing injury. Like, but I re-injured it at work. Okay. I was just wondering if there's, what are the steps I, I know there's a thing about pre-existing injuries in WSID, but it's like talking to a wall with WSID. I was just wondering if Leo could give me a the right direction. Yeah, so, so, so I'll give you the, the general answer, and then I'll encourage you to, to call me so I can connect you with my guy that, that, that deals with WSIB matters. But generally speaking, if you're able to work and, and you can do your work just fine, and the reason now you can't work is because of a, something that happened in the workplace, even though uh, it may be made worse by your pre-existing condition, WSIB should still cover you. Uh, if it's uh, if if the the origin is the pre-existing condition, but the reason why you actually physically can't work is because of something that happened at work, then WSIB should cover you. My yeah, my, right. my my best advice here, John, is give me a call. I, I work with a, a very good uh, good lawyer that only does WSIB matters. He's there every day. He knows the system in and out. Call me. I'll connect you with him, and he'll be able to help you out. Uh, hopefully. Uh, and, and, and get your payment because obviously it's very frustrating. You're injured, you can't work, and they don't want to pay you. Uh, it's not right. John, that number, 416-216-5900. We were talking about uh, you know, termination for cause as opposed to not for cause. So what advice can we give employees if they feel that an employer is building, you know, building a case against them? Yeah, well, first of all, uh, you know, usually if you feel that your employer is trying to build a case to push you out, to let you go for cause, you're probably right. If, you're, uh, if your spidey sense is tingling, there's mm-hmm. probably a good reason for it. So the best advice I can give in that situation is be uh, prepared to build your own case. If there's allegations of performance issues or things that you've done, be prepared to have the ability to respond to that and say why that's not true, why that's not accurate. Have access to the documents, the information, emails, materials that you may need 
if you're let go, to respond and, and, and build your own case uh, to respond. Now, the other thing is if an employer is building up a case by maybe having you sign uh, performance reviews or performance improvement plans, uh, I don't want you to sign something acknowledging that that's right. It's okay to sign a performance improvement plan to say that, yes, you've given it to me, so I'm only acknowledging that you gave me a copy of it, but not that you've, uh, in fact, that you're right. If you get a performance improvement plan, usually that's a part of a process when the employer is trying to build up a case to let you go for cause. The best advice then is to, pr- to write to the employer and outline why you disagree with what's in the performance improvement plan, why you're not guilty of all those things that they're accusing you of. Right. Make sure you put your position on the record. Don't make it easy for them to build up a case against you. What are the risks for employers if they terminate for cause without having, as you say, their ducks in a row? Yeah, and you know, if, for, certainly if you terminate someone for cause, but you don't have cause because you don't meet all those things that we've talked about, that's a wrongful dismissal. Not only do you still have to pay severance, potentially you're going to have exposure to legal fees. In addition to that, if you really had no basis to terminate someone for cause, uh, you may actually be uh, dinged with what we call bad faith damages. You may actually have to pay the employee additional amounts because the employer acted in bad faith. They didn't really deal with the person in a good way. So at the end of the day, really, you should not be letting someone go for cause unless you really have no choice, unless whatever it is the employee did made it impossible to continue employing them. It's that hard. Anything less than that, if you want to let the employee go, by all means, you have to pay them their severance. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Taking a quick break, and you can write down this number as well. 416-216-5900, that's Lior's direct number. Talk uh, shortly about vacations here. Your rights and otherwise stuff you probably don't know. We will fill you in first. The phone, Sandra in Brampton. Good evening, Sandra. Well, hi, thank you for taking my call. Sure. I just have a two-part um, question. The first part is I am on a long-term disability, getting ready to go back to work. However, it looks like the position that I was employed at before no longer exists. I wonder if they are obligated to put me into a different position or most likely will I be getting a package? Yeah. And the second part is this notified me also my company that they overpaid me while I was on a long-term disability. And I wonder how does it work with the severance package? Will they take that money right away off it or will they try to negotiate somehow with me? Hmm. So yes, your employer does have an obligation to, to, uh, to make efforts to find a position for you that's, that's a suitable position. They don't have to invent a position, create a specific one just for you. But yes, because you're still an employee, they, they should and they will be looking for a, a position for you that fits your experience, your background, any physical limitations that you have. Uh, if, they, if there's no such position legitimately, uh, yeah. and, and despite their efforts, then yes, they have to pay you your full severance. And by the way, the time that you've been on disability counts towards your service. So however long you've been on, that still counts. There's no break in service. How long total have you been there, Sandra? Uh, about 15 years. 15 years. And, and yeah. generally, what, what is the type of work that you do? It's an IT. IT? Okay, yeah. good. And, and how old are you, Sandra? Um, 46. So right around 16 months pays what I assessed you at, okay? 16 months pays what they would owe you if they decided to let you go and there's no position available for you. Now, you, in terms of LTD, uh, are you asking if the company can deduct the amounts you're getting from LTD? No, they, they also claim at the same time that they have overpaid me at the beginning when I went on long-term disability. So they've calculated amount of $12,000, which 
I just wonder if they would be taking that money out of my severance so, if they were to let me go. So I need to understand what that was for. So they were paying you while you were away? Instead of cutting the pay, I guess they didn't. I don't know because they did cut some of my pay, but not all of it. So I didn't even realize until I've received a letter. Yeah, no. So, and, um, so it's, a, it's a good question. The answer is they cannot deduct what you owe them, even if you do, from what they owe you. So they're not allowed to deduct. Uh, now, hypothetically speaking, could they sue you? I guess. Uh, but they yeah. can't say, we owe you, I don't know, $100,000 severance, but we're going to deduct 12000 unless you give them permission. The thing is, in my view, you don't actually have to pay that back. If this money you received in good faith because you thought this is money that, that's owed to you, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming that money has been spent in good faith, then you actually don't have to repay that. If you knew all along that you know, you're getting away with something, that's different. Yeah. But obviously that's not what happened. So if they give you a hard time about that $12,000, get me involved, Sandra, because that's a lot of money. Uh, mm-hmm. And you, you actually would not in this situation have the obligation to repay it because you ultimately didn't do anything wrong. Okay, thank you. Can I just ask you a quick question sure. um, before I go? Um, okay, so let's say if I were to go back to work and they've decided to let me go because they couldn't find a position for me, the severance package, do they calculate my actual regular salary or do they calculate severance from the uh, LTD only? No, your actual uh, income, actual salary. Oh, okay. And, and including any bonuses that you normally would have gotten as an employee and, and any anything at all. So it includes all components of your compensation as if you were still working with the company. The salary you would have expected to earn from the company if you were still working. So not just LTD. Now you know how much severance they would owe you. So if they do let you go and they don't pay you that severance, you have to give me a call. A lot of good points in that call for sure. Again, 416-216-5900 is Lior's number. Sandra, that's the number you want to call. If uh, things go uh, downhill quickly, it'd be amazing that uh, you know they had to pay her back. She says, no, I think the person in HR will be the next one calling you. Yeah. Let them go for making that $12,000 screw up. And right? by the way, that wouldn't be cause, John. Okay, just, <laughs> That's just right. Case. So if they let the HR person go, that's not cause. They still have to pay her seven. We'll uh, touch uh, just a minute or two on the beginning of our uh, vacation uh, discussion before we get into a quick break. So people ask this all the time. How much vacation does an employer have to give an employee? So the minimum amount, John, of vacation that an employer has to give an employee, the minimum amount is two weeks vacation, two weeks paid vacation. Uh, so the employer has to do two things, actually, to give two weeks off and, and also pay vacation pay. Those are separate things, vacation time and vacation pay. But ultimately, it's two weeks. Uh, any employer that provides more than that, a lot of employers do three weeks, four or five weeks, uh, those extra amounts are amounts that the employer agrees to pay, but the law doesn't intervene with that. As long as the employer pays at least two weeks, the law says the employer's met their obligations. So who decides when the employee is going to take that vacation? And, you know, the common practice in most companies, certainly most companies that I've ever worked with or for, is that the employee asks for, to take vacation, the employer approves, etc. But the employer actually has the ability to schedule vacation. So the employer can say, John, I decided that this year you're taking your vacation on the February. middle two weeks of February. Exactly, <laughs> mid-February. Have fun with that. Now, the reason no employer does that, though and most employers don't do that, is for the same reason you're laughing right now, because that just would be very bad practice. You're going to have very upset employees and very unproductive employees, so it's not a good way to go about doing things. But can they do that? Yes, the employer does have the right under the Employment Standards Act to schedule that vacation. 
So uh, I have had situations where the employer said, listen, this year we really need you during this period of time so you can only take your vacation in these blocks. And right. Obviously, the individual was very upset, but strictly speaking, the employer is allowed to do that. Wow. Here's your two weeks in November. Okay, good. Hashtag Cuba. We'll see you in two weeks. 416-870-6400-STAR-640-ON-CELL <laughs> is the number to give us a call here for the remainder of time. We are on the air. And if you want to write this one down, you got a pen handy, 416 416- 216-5900. That's Lior's number on the Employment Hour Talk Radio AM 640. 7.54, last few minutes of the show. We'll try to squeeze in another phone call. It's uh, Nina in Toronto. Hello, Nina. Hi, how are you? Good. I've got a quick question for you. I am on short-term disability right now due to medical reasons, uh, and my insurance people are putting me to all kinds of um, rigmarole. I curr- and I also found out from a co-worker that my job was replaced. I'm 60 years of age. I don't know if there is anything to come back to. And also, if I had vacation days from 2015, um, being on short-term disability, my understanding is if you have vacation days, you must use them up by March of 2016. Is it proper for me to even contact HR and say, could I be paid out for those or just to leave it alone? Yeah, so to, to, let me answer your, your last uh, question first. Yes, it is absolutely proper to, to get paid out and ask to be paid out on those vacation days. They, they, they've been accrued. They're, they're yours, essentially. So you, you are allowed to, to use them to get paid for it, and I, I wouldn't uh, hesitate to do that if you think that's the best thing for you. No problem. The, okay. The, let's, let's touch briefly on some of the other things you've said. Uh, the fact that, uh, as far as you know, your position has been replaced. You're not sure if there's a job to... Uh, to go back to at this point, uh, absolutely. You know, At being sixty years of age, it's kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, do you expect to to get better and be able to return back to work? Well, that is that is the ultimate goal. I am um, scheduled for some surgery in the month of May, but what my insurance people are trying to do is get me back there before then, which I know could be a hindrance. But I am struggling to do my best to you know whatever they want me to do. I'm doing that. Right. Uh, whether it's my best interest or their best interest, I'm just following. I feel like a robot following orders. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, know, I know exactly how you feel. And I've had a lot of people say the same thing to me in those situations. Everyone's telling you to do different things. But here's the thing with respect to your employer. Uh, if Whether it's now or down the road when you want to come back to work, if they won't let you or they say they don't have a job or, or not now that's but later, that there's nothing there. then at that point, that's a termination uh, and you're owed severance. Uh, the fact that at this point they've hired someone to replace you, strictly speaking, they can do that because they say, listen, we need someone to do the job. And when, Nina's, when Nina's ready to come back to work, then we'll, we'll, we'll look for and try to find a position for Nina. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Where it becomes not okay is if they feel somehow, if there's no position and they tell you there's no position, if they feel they don't have to pay severance. You absolutely would get severance. You said, Nina, you're 60 years old. Uh, and how, I've been there eight years. Eight years. And what, what do you do? What kind of job? Administrative assistant. So right around nine, ten months pays what you'd be owed, uh, Nina, if they decided to part ways with you. Uh, now, of course, they would have to, it's not as simple as say, hey, we don't have a job for you. Off you go. Here's your severance. They actually do have to make efforts to find a position for you, even if it's a different position that, that you can do. Uh, and they, they have to work hard to make that happen. And really, it's only if they've tried, they've done their best, and there's just nothing there, that's when they can let you go and pay you severance. Now, if, you, if you do go back to work, and if they, uh, they won't uh, pay you severance or they won't accommodate you, uh, give me a call and I can help you with that. At this point, all I can do is wish you all the best, and hopefully you feel better and are able to, able to go back to work. Nina, if that comes down to that, again, the number 416-216-5900.
All right. You know where I'm going with it. Seven spin calculator. So you've noticed, John, and our listeners have noticed that when someone has let go and, and we want to talk about their entitlements, ask them three questions. Ask them how long they work, their age, and the type of job. Why? Because those are the factors that go into assessing how much severance you're owed. Uh, but I'm not always on the radio, and, and you know sometimes I like to sleep at night as well. But what happens if you want to find out in, in midnight on a Saturday how much you're owed? Well, you go to severancepaycalculator.com. You input your age, the length of your employment, and the type of job, and it's going to tell you right there how many weeks or months pay you are owed. It's a great tool. It takes about 15 seconds or less. Uh, it, it's completely free and anonymous, so I encourage everyone, the first place you go to if you lost your job is severancepaycalculator.com. Tell everyone you know if they've lost their job. We've heard stories. Sears is closing 50 stores. Rogers is letting people go, and on and on and on. Severancepaycalculator.com. Done for another week, my friend. In the meantime, 416-216-5900. That is Lior's direct number, and the email is Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. This has been the Employment Hour once again right here on Talk Radio AM 640.